When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton. In this week's recruiting edition, uh, we bring in our expert, Jerry Hamilton. Jerry, uh, national recruiting analyst for On3, and also uh, spends some time with us here at InsideTexas.com as well. Jerry, how you doing today, bud? Doing great, Bobby. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're here. A lot of recruiting stuff to go go around. Um, a lot of kids on campus uh, for the uh, Texas loss to to uh, Kansas. Uh, you know, first of all, what is the sentiment from a lot of the players that saw the game or that were at the game on Saturday that, that you've spoken to? Yeah, yeah, I think there's two things that uh, that go into it. One. You know, I spoke with Harold Perkins last night. I know we'll get into that, but he he's kind of the same answer a lot of these guys or a lot of the people around these prospects are, are giving right now is, look, the losses aren't taking Texas out of the picture. Um, they realize it's a first-year coaching staff. Uh, and so if they like the coaching staff, I think they – if they're clicking with that staff, I think they give them a little bit of a pass. But I think more than that, it's the ability or the vision – the sell by this coaching staff, uh, the kids' ability to see early playing time and a lot of it. So it kind of works to one works both ways. I mean, look, the losses aren't great uh, from a perception standpoint, right? When you're walking around in your high school and all your buddies are saying, hey, man, you can't go there. They're not a good football team, right? So that's that. That is part of the game is the perception and recruiting, right? But I think once they the kids sit back and the people around them sit back and look at things, uh, the kids that really want to go in and, and, and try to be a starter as a freshman, I think they're looking at it a little differently. And if you're a linebacker, if you're an offensive lineman, if you're a wide receiver, there's going to be a certain appeal to Texas for you, no matter what the record is, especially with the move coming to the SEC. People have to remember that. That's part of the future of Texas football. It really is. And I, I think that um, there's a mix, right, of what are we, what are you doing um, immediately to, to answer some of these questions as far as talent influx uh, on the offensive line uh, so that they can help you right away? At the same time, uh, you need the star players like the Harold Perkinses uh, to be a focal point of a defense. Um, I, I guess let, let's start. Um, I would say that you could argue that there are two positions that are the biggest positions of need on the Texas roster right now. Um, I would argue linebacker and offensive line um, are probably those two. Uh, let's start, though, while, while Texas did have Harold Perkins in, who's a, a star linebacker in his own right, 
Let's start with the offensive line uh, because Texas had five kids in, Jerry, that are all really, really talented. Right, no question. I mean, they literally had five guys, and and they had seven counting the two commits, but five kids not committed, right? Uh, Because it was a big group offensive linemen, very talented. These All five of these guys that were in last weekend are arguably, and I know we say this early, but Bobby, we've been in this business a long time. They're future NFL prospects. I mean, that mean they're first rounders, that mean they're third rounders, but these these are five guys that are elite uh, talents, in my opinion. Uh, You know, let's start with the Oregon commitment. Uh, You know, Kelvin Banks was there with his family. Um, And, you know, I think what's interesting about that recruitment is, is, is he, are there a couple of family situations at play, which could keep him close to home? And I think if those if everything was all even, I don't think Kelvin Banks would be considering flipping his commitment, right? And I'm not saying he is going to flip. Let's be clear. But when you show up on a campus, it's in play. I mean, we've been doing this long enough. It's in play. You don't show up if it's not a possibility. Um, so it's a possibility. And and, I, and it was interesting that he didn't show up at Texas A&M two weekends ago and then showed up at Texas this last weekend. And I think that is the, the ability, the appeal to come in and be a first-year starter. And I think he's that level player, whether it's right tackle, left tackle. If he comes in and uh, to Texas and starts at left tackle, pushes Christian Jones more right tackle. I mean, I think he can envision himself playing very, very early and starting early at Texas. That doesn't mean – it's absolutely going to happen for Texas. But um, I think there's a feeling um, that's growing that it, it, there's that percentages are going up that maybe Banks doesn't sign with Oregon. Now, look, we were wrong on this recruitment before, right? And he committed to Oregon. So let's we'll see what happens. Um, the other Oregon commitment was Cameron Williams out of Duncanville, who I, Bobby, I know you love his upside as much as I do. I mean, guys that are 6'5", 375 at the time last summer, not supposed to move like that on a basketball court. I mean, he is a big time talent to me and it's just kind of going to be reshaping him, but he's never going to be a small guy. I think 350 pounds is what he's going to be. He's just, if you see him in person, you don't ever think he's going to be 330 pounds. There's just no way. Um, But he's a kid who, you know, in talking to people, I was at Duncanville last week, um, in talking to a couple of people there, they think if Mario Cristobal starts getting mentioned for other job openings, that that would help a Texas cause in flipping Cam Williams. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, time is running out as far as that goes. But also in the recruiting world, a month is a long time with all these coaching uh, jobs and everything that can happen. So I think right now Banks is a maybe a higher percentage than Cam Williams on the surface. We'll see what happens. Um, I think the feedback was pretty positive uh, this weekend in Austin, despite the loss. And then obviously you have the Cam Dewberry, the uncommitted guys. Uh, Cam Dewberry was on campus. Look, he was at A&M the weekend before. Um, I believe he's a guy who's quietly been leaning to Oklahoma. And I think that's where you're starting to see that push closer to home by the circle. Um, so I, I, the returns on, on that visit, I think, were positive as well. One of the offensive line prospects there um, relayed um, that they thought Oklahoma and Texas were the two front runners for Dewberry. I'm not sure I buy into that. I think all three, I think a and absolutely there. When you have as much momentum as A&M, you can't discount the, the, the Texas A&M. I mean, they have a shot at the number one recruiting class. So um, there's no way you're going to discount that. Um and then Devon Campbell, obviously the number one guard in the country, 
Uh, he began the recruiting process as a Texas lean. I think he really liked USC. Um, if they hadn't had a coaching change there, and it seems like that's kind of a mess right now, honestly, uh, USC would have had a chance. I mean, he went out there for his birthday on an unofficial visit after the June official visit. So there was a lot working in, in the Trojans' favor there. But then Oklahoma, he's been on campus multiple times at Oklahoma. He's probably going to – his last visit is going to be to Georgia. I would think that December 12th weekend, right after the SEC championship game. Uh, so you assume Georgia's number one in the country and, you know, the number one seed and blah, 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 blah. And they'll put their best sell on a, a late steal out of the state of Texas. But I think right now, being at Arlington Bowie last week – you hear more about Texas and Alabama there. That, so I, I think, again, the ability to come in and play right away uh, could ha is what Texas has got to sell at this point with these kids. And I think these uh, these offensive line kids, they're, they're pretty sharp guys. They see that ability. And that's not a knock on the guys that are already on campus. But, look, we've watched enough football this year uh, to know those kids are going to have a chance to come in and play. Well, I, I, what about Neto Umiozulu? I mean, yeah. he is a, he is a guy that's interesting to me, Jerry, because you don't you just don't hear much about him, and I think he likes it that way because he 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 steers pretty clear of the media or is very short on purpose, and it's not. I don't think it's you know it, it's who he wants to be. So more power to him. Uh, he visited Texas this weekend. Who else is he known to be looking at? I guess. Yeah, and we were saving the best for last or the most unpredictable for last, for sure. He was at Alabama the weekend before for the LSU game officially. He went snuck into Oklahoma in mid-September for an official, and it was never really even publicized, to your point, Bobby. And he's interesting to me because um, that is exactly how he likes to play it. I mean, he's the guy when you come up to interview him, he rolls his eyes, right? He just doesn't want to give up much. He doesn't like that part of the process. Um, I'll say openly right now, I think that's a mistake with name, image, and likeness. I think these kids better understand that their brand building, it, you got to have personality. You better start thinking about building your brand if you really want a chance to capitalize on name, image, and likeness down the line. So I, I think in future years, you're going to see some of those kids that maybe are like that in the recruiting process back off. But back to Neto, um, Look, it's it's a wild card recruitment. The one thing he's told me the two times he rolled his eyes at me before I did interviews with him was playing early matters to him. As much as he likes the idea of playing at Alabama, I'm not sure he likes the idea of sitting around and waiting a year or two years, if that's the case. I don't think it is with his talent level. I mean, you and I know he's a devastating run blocker. He's got a ton of ability. So, again, I think the Texas sell with these kids is the same thing. It's the ability to come in and play early, and that's at tackle, and that's at guard. And so the key for Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian is to get two or three of these guys to buy into that and put some ink to paper come December 15th. Um, I, I'm going to – I counter your argument on Neto. I, I don't think it matters that much with offensive linemen. It might not. Like, if, if you're talking about a wide receiver building right. his NIL brand, mm, I, I think that that, that – a, a line, an offensive lineman kind of does it by putting people on their backside. That's, That's his true. brand. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I would, I would just, you know, think about that. Um, but and that's what makes this guys. fun. We all have our opinions. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not right. And I'm not right. And we're both wrong. Exactly. Right. I mean, so <laughs> um, question for you. Those aren't the only offensive linemen Texas still after. There's still, still two guys out West 
Now, you mentioned um, Devin Campbell likely visiting Georgia late in the process. Uh, George is also really heavily involved with Ernest Green, uh, the, the lineman out of uh, California, too, that Texas brought in for a visit. Yeah, yeah. Ernest Green, uh, you know, he's one of the top guards in the country. And he began the process as an Ohio State lean, visited Georgia that big weekend back, I believe, September 11th weekend when Arch Manning was at Georgia. And since that time, Georgia it vaulted to the top. And he did make a trip to Ohio State. Um, those are considered the top two. I think Texas is right there. What happens at USC with their hire will be interesting. I'm not I'm not sure how much the kids are feeling USC out west right now. You know, Damani Jackson just decommits from USC. It looks like he's headed to Alabama um, at some point, which also impacts Denver Harris potentially or tells you something about Denver Harris, which may be our, something we talk about later uh, on the next recruiting show. But, uh, you know, I, I think Georgia is the favorite. I think Ohio State's second for Ernest Green. I think Texas is right there in the battle. Malik Ogbo, I think, had a really good official visit to Texas out of federal way, uh, Todd Beamer High School up in Washington. He likes the idea, I think, of being at a southern big-time football school, right? And, and look, a lot of those kids, you can say that right now because USC's not what they're supposed to be, right? I mean, if USC was had that feel right now, I think all those kids go there still, but they don't, so it's really opened it up. I think Texas has a really good shot here. He visited Auburn. He may still visit Florida. I, I don't know if that visit's going to happen, but I think Texas has a real swinger, uh, swinging chance at this one, um, and we'll see. I mean, the key is, Bobby, it's, to me, it's almost a numbers game. I mean, these are all talented kids. It's can they get four of these, three or four of these kids at the end of the day, and how do those pieces fit? The one thing they have to get to me is a left tackle. And I think that's why Kelvin Banks is such an important recruit for Kyle Flood and the staff. I mean, yeah, you can go in the portal and maybe find a Calvin Anderson as a grad transfer. But look, there's no guarantees you are. Um, Kelvin Banks, to me, has taken his game to another level as a senior. Um, and he has become a he's always been great in pass pro. You know, he's well coached at Summer Creek, uh, lifetime Longhorn. Kenny Harrison's the head coach, uh, tremendous offensive coach. Um, but as a run blocker, his physicality has gone up a number of notches this year, and he has became a dominant football player in, in, in pass pro and in the run game. And he is a guy that could come in and I believe start. And I say I don't say that a lot about lineman, Bobby. I think he could start as a true freshman. That's a big recruit. Texas has to get that tackle. His dad was a tremendous, tremendous football player at Aldine High School for yep. Bill Smith. I, I, I don't think, um, and his dad's name is Kelvin Banks. Also, he, he, uh, he. The thing about him was, if he were three, two or three inches taller, he would have no been problem. a nationally ranked recruit, just like his son. His son's a little bit taller, and I think uh, just as tenacious it sounds like yep. as his dad was. All right, so th that's the offensive line situation. Um, we're sitting there. You talked to Harold Perkins. Anything you want to add on that one real quick, the linebacker from the Houston area? Uh, first of all, I love Harold, man, as a kid. He's just such a – he's such an awesome kid. I mean, he's very savvy in recruiting. He's not going to give you much, really. Um, the main thing I asked him was, look, about Texas is struggles on the field. How's it impacted you? And, and he and he said, you know, it really hasn't. You know, he said, look, it's it's this staff has come in and inherited the players. They have there's quotes the quote from him at, at Inside Texas and on three um, national story uh, this morning. We put that out. 
Um, but you know, look, I, I think it's he's he's one of those kids that sees opportunity there. I think at Texas A&M feels good about this recruitment. I, I think they felt good since early June, and I think part of the reason for that, uh, you know, for for A&M and Texas saying, okay, we got a chance at this thing, is because LSU. I mean, look, this is a kid that's from New Orleans. He's going back to LSU this weekend. You, I can almost guarantee you he'll be at the AM at LSU game. So that'd be two weekends in a row. He, his uncle, uh, his father lives down in New Orleans. His uncle lives down that way. He's very close with. So he's got family down there. I think the LSU hire, um, he kind of plays it off. Eh, you know, it may, it may factor. And I think it factors into this recruitment. Uh, I, I really do. Um, if they make a hire that kids get excited about, I think that makes it tougher on Harold Perkins and Denver Harris for uh, A&M and Texas on the, uh, you know, Texas with Denver Harris, A&M and Texas with Harold Perkins. I think right now A&M feels good about Harold, but Bobby, we talked about this offline. Harold's been to Austin three times this year. So you don't do that unless you're seriously considering that school. There's some kind of draw there for him that he likes. I mean, he whether it's the Austin. coaches, the school, he loves the Austin. city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, I, I did something that I don't like doing, and I did it at the outset, and I want to I want to circle back to it. I mentioned all the uncommitted players that were on campus, and I didn't mention the committed ones. Right. And you and I both know it's the entire class that matters. It's not just That's the ones that you finish with. That's right. And guys like Brennan Thompson uh, from Spearman were in, were in town. B.J. Allen was there. Connor Robertson, Cole Hudson. Those guys are, are players. Big time. Um, yeah, and so – I feel like uh, just because you and I get focused on the breaking news of the moment, right? right. You need to sometimes settle back and remember, okay, this class matters in its entirety. Well, well, let's put that in perspective, Bobby. I totally agree. BJ Allen's a December graduate, Brian Allen Jr. He's going to come in and I think push for a job at safety. I think you and I both believe that. He gets a healthy spring practice under his belt. He's going to push for a starting job. Brennan Thompson does not graduate early, but he'll just go run 10-1-5 this spring now that he's healthy, again, coming off the surgery. He's going to have a chance to be an impact player. You know, Xavier Worthy's a future first-round pick on the outside. You can move him around, but you put Brennan Thompson with Xavier Worthy, and you have two really fast football players. So I'm sure we'll talk about Evan Stewart later, but Brennan Thompson is a huge piece to the puzzle next year. I don't care – that he's been more of a jack of all trades, which is a positive thing at Spearman, which he has to be. This kid's going to be an impact player. You run 10-1-5 and you're fast and quick with, with pads on and you have good hands and you have playmaking ability, you're a huge recruit. And then plays Connor Robinson. Jerry, he plays through contact too. And here's which, another thing. Let's get, let's give this kid credit for something. When it, We're in the day and age of opt-outs. He came back from his surgery and scored a touchdown. He had no business doing it. He did it because he's a competitor and a really good teammate. And I think that's lost sometimes because most kids in that position would not have put the pads on again. They would have saved it for track, but he did it. And and he did it more than once. He did it two times, right? He put the pads on and that says something about what the kids got on the inside to me. And that adds value to him as a prospect. Um, I really believe that. And then look, Connor Robertson and Cole Hudson, Somebody's going to challenge for that starting center position, right? Somebody's going to need to be a quality backup center at, at, at worst. And, and I think Connor can challenge it guard or center pretty early on. Um, so I think those, those are both bigger recruits. I mean, one thing about Cole Hudson is 
Um, I think there are guys that are more athletic than him. But when Cole Hudson will tell you in an interview, I want to play center, there aren't a lot of guys that come out and say, I want to play center. So you got to kind of check a box on him. Highly intelligent kid. And um, not that Jake Majors isn't a, isn't a good player, but you ha- having, adding that depth to that position and having competi- true competition at that position, uh, Texas needs moving forward. Well, there, Texas is looking for competition because, you know, they've got, they've clearly had a culture problem on the team. Uh, you can see it through the attrition numbers uh, and, and some of the play on the field as well. Um, new name cropped up this past week for Texas in recruiting defensive end out of Westlake that apparently is either the top lacrosse player in the country or recruit in the country committed to Maryland currently for lacrosse. But now it's picked up scholarships, scholarship offers from Michigan. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know all the list. I mean, BYU, I think, was one. I mean, there's like a handful of schools now. Look at him. His name is Ethan Burke, and he's from Westlake. Tell me a little bit about him. He was at the Oklahoma-Baylor game Saturday, by the way. So Baylor's all over him. Uh, I went through Westlake earlier this season, and, and, and Coach Dodge, Todd Dodge, mentioned him as a guy who's come a long way and – a guy that he has, you know, he was pretty high on. Um, but I think he's he probably even zipped right past where even the Westlake staff thought he was going to be. Um, you know, his, his body's got so much room for growth, and I think he's, you know, starting to realize some of that, just the natural how, process of that. How big is he, Jerry? I would say six, six and a half, 215, maybe 220. So he's um, long. Long-arm kid, long-arm kid, 82, 83-inch wingspan, right? So he's got that length you're looking for. And I think he's got enough bend and edge quickness that uh, he, he, he's, he's become a guy on senior tape, obviously with the Michigan offer, Baylor all over him, Oklahoma State, um, which does a great job evaluating Texas, the guys that aren't the national recruits, right, over time with Mike Gundy. So I think he's, he's showing enough on this senior tape and a lot of it that he's become – a guy that's going to have – he's going to pick up more national offers. The question with him is going to be, look, he's committed to Maryland in lacrosse. So the question is going to be how how much is he going to sway from that? Obviously, football is becoming a factor for him. But playing both at the next level, um, how is that going to impact his recruitment? I, feel, I think that remains to be seen a little bit. Got it. Well, I mean – He's a prospect right now who's just coming into his own as a football player. I, I think that I, I watched a little bit of film on him. He has some suddenness, yeah. which which is, you know, part of what Texas desperately lacks on defense at this point. Well, hey, we can, we can, we can dumb this down because some a lot of people have to dumb things down for me. If you're 6'6", 210, and you're one of the top lacrosse players in the country, you're a fast twitch athlete. That's <laughs> probably true. Yeah. Bottom line. Let's just – I mean, that's an easy one, right? That's yeah. just common sense. I've All never right. watched him play lacrosse, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that one's easy. A couple of on-three consensus um, five-star guys, I believe, that are um, – uh, still hanging around for Texas. And not, I want to get updates because they did not come in this weekend. You mentioned earlier, Evan Stewart. What's what's going on there? The latest that you've heard. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, I, I, was was at AM two out of three weekends, I believe. Um, he's been to Texas campus this this season. You know, a, a person in DFW that I've known for years continues to believe he's going to end up at AM or Texas. He's going to end up staying in state, which is funny because there was an SEC assistant coach that said way back in June that they thought the kid was going to stay in state at the end of the day. And I think that SEC assistant is going to be correct. Um, you know, I, I, it, he'll be an interesting recruitment because I, I think he sees and he's always been drawn to Sarkeesian's offense and what he can do in that offense and what he can do early in that offense. A&M selling him on being the missing piece. They, we don't have anybody like you. Anaya Smith's probably going to get up out of here and go to the NFL draft. Uh, you're, you're Jimbo Fisher. You're a kid we haven't recruited at Texas A&M, the, the level of talent. And I think that's true. Look, DeMon Demas was a highly ranked wide receiver, but he was more of a, just a pure athlete. Evan Stewart, and some of it's because he works with margin hooks, but he also wants to work with margin hooks. He's really good training these wideouts in DFW. He's advanced coming out of high school. He, this isn't just a great athlete. This is a great receiver. I think wherever he goes, he starts as a freshman. As long as he stays on the path, he's been on working with margin hooks for the last year and a half. And obviously, I know he's not playing the last half of the senior season, but he's out there working with margin hooks multiple times per week. So yeah. it's not like he's just chilling, right? Yeah, my, my, he's working on his craft. My, my argument there with, with uh, Jimbo's offense isn't conducive to a receiver like that compared to, I mean, you see what Xavier Worthy has done in year one and Jimbo just doesn't use his receivers like that. He, he just, he doesn't. And so I don't, I don't see a Jimbo receiver getting 23 or 24 targets in a game like Xavier <laughs> Worthy did right. this past weekend. I mean, I, I'm just, I mean, no, so I you think can, you're right. I, I can sell it, and that's a great selling point. So I'm not, I'm not saying he shouldn't be selling it that way. I'd be, if I were him, I'd be selling it that way too. Um, you and I both know that. At the same time, um, Evan Stewart needs to look around and and, and figure that out. I think for himself. Um, the other guy that, that's interesting, and you mentioned him as well, and that's Denver Harris, the corner out of North Shore. Yeah, you know, interesting recruitment. Look, with Damani Jackson backing off. USC, I think he heads to Alabama at the end of the day. I, I Earl Little from American Heritage, I still think is a lean to Alabama. So I think that tells you that Alabama feels like Denver Harris is going a different direction. And, and once Denver didn't commit to Alabama September 22nd, and look, let me preface this by saying it's recruiting, and there's a month to go, and Nick Saban hasn't been in the home. He hasn't been to North Shore yet. Okay, so things can change in this business. But I think right now it's more of an LSU-Texas battle with Alabama still there, very much there. Um, Corey Raymond, I believe, will be retained. Whoever's hired at LSU is going to retain Corey Raymond, likely Mickey Joseph and Kevin Falk too, right? You don't have to blow up that staff, and you shouldn't blow up that staff. Um, but I, Corey Raymond is a big factor in Denver Harris's recruitment, uh, and I think that gives LSU some confidence there when they make their hire. Uh, look, he's been on campus multiple times at Texas. I think Texas was trending pretty well for him, um, you know, early in the season, especially before, you know, that Oklahoma State game. But I think Texas has done a good job. Jeff Banks has done a good job with the, with recruiting Denver's mom <laughs> along with Denver and his older brother, who I think is an impactful person in his decision-making process. So I think Texas is right there. I think the LSU hire, same with Harold Perkins, is going to be big in Denver Harris's recruitment. Um, look, and, and there's been a lot of players that have had success 
at LSU from North Shore. Caleb on chase on first round pick, right? I mean, you can kind of, there's been, there's a history there. Um, And I think the big thing with LSU is whoever they hire, you figure they're going to play a lot of man-to-man and a lot of press. And I think that appeals to Denver. Um, I think Texas has to overcome that scheme-wise when they recruit Denver from a football standpoint. Got it. So uh, Texas also had Jalen Gilbo out of Port Arthur, on campus, but it doesn't look like tech and Texas had, had at one time had offered him a scholarship. It doesn't, as of at least while we're taping this, it doesn't look like Texas is going back there. Is that partially because, and you and I talked about this, is that partially because of how they feel about the safety out in California uh, that they brought in a couple weeks ago? Larry Turner, Gooden. I mean, yeah, quite possibly uh, there. And, and and I think, look, I mean, Texas is still after Terrence Brooks. I, I I don't I think that's a long shot. But, you know, Terrence Brooks, Denver Harris, they're still getting they're still having communication with their top two cornerback targets. Right. I mean, at the end of the day and and, and I think Texas has Ronald Lewis. Look, the, the staff at Warren Easton thinks the kid plays safety. Texas recruited him to play corner. So I think it just becomes a numbers game at, at safety. I think Texas knows they're not getting Bryce Anderson at this point. That one was – Bryce was still communicating a few weeks ago, but now I, I don't think that's happening. Uh, I think he's all in with Texas A&M. Uh, but I think you're spot on. I mean, I think the safety position is looking more locked up in terms of numbers. Um, and Texas is still getting feedback and communicating with their top corner targets. And, and I go back to this. I mean, and this is Jalen Gilbo's a top 300 prospect in the country. Um, but I think Texas is in a position where they're going after the very best high school players. And if they don't get it, then they're going to work, go to the portal and get, and get some experience in, in, into the program. Uh, yeah, and by I, the I, way, Bob, we have to mention Devin Brown. We can't get out of here without mentioning Devin Brown. Sorry. Yep. Go for it. The quarterback uh, from yep. Utah slash Arizona. Yeah, right Devin Brown. Yeah, USC commit from uh, uh, Queen Creek, Arizona is where he grew up. His family lives there. He plays senior year at Corner Canyon. I believe they're in a state semifinal game uh, this weekend or, or quarterfinal, one of the two. But it was in Austin over the weekend, made his official visit. Um, look, his his quarterback trainer, I think, is a big fan of Sarkeesian, as most of those guys are in the offense, and, and may see a path to go up, come in and compete right away for that job. I mean, I think, you know, whether that's fair or not, Casey Thompson threw six touchdowns. I, I, a Hudson card, you know, I mean, will both those guys be back? I don't know. But I think they're a, a quarterback that's confident in himself, that's watched Texas when they've struggled, sees an opportunity to come in and play. And the interesting thing with his recruitment is he's probably going to visit Ohio State officially. I mean, it kind of goes back to Ohio State has three scholarship, four scholarship quarterbacks on, on that's in the program right now. It, some on some level, it doesn't make sense that they're trying to recruit a 2022. They must think somebody's leaving. I don't know who that is, um, but they must think that's a possibility. Uh, Ole Miss is obviously in the picture for Devin Brown as well. Um, I, I think if Graham Harrell is not retained at USC, I, I, it'll be tough because Jackson Dart's promising freshman that got injured there at USC. Uh, so I think Ole Miss um, and Texas provide the, the the vision for to come in and compete early for that job and right away for that job. And I think that along with the offense, uh, the scheme with Texas helps them. Yeah. All right. Before we go, I, I want to ask you, this is a weird thing that Inside Texas reported. I say it's a weird thing, but Inside Texas reported that two, two state of Texas prospects for next year, for 2023, and we haven't mentioned any 2023s on purpose. This is more of that with one week, one month left to go before signing day. 
we need to focus on the 2022 class. But two 2023 prospects are looking to reclassify potentially into the class of 2022. Inside Texas reported Jameel Johnson, the uh, corner safety defensive back out of uh, Arlington Seguin that just committed to Texas, is trying to potentially um, graduate now in May of as a junior and moving on to, to, to college. And then Anthony Hill, the young man out of Denton, linebacker edge guy. Uh, what do you know about that? And is this, it, you know, is it a trend? What, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, I, first of all, we reported that and we think it's possible. It's not a lock. I, well, let's say that because it, it's a process to go through to get those credits and graduate from high school a year early. Bobby, I'm of the belief we're going to see more of this. Um, you know, when name, image and likeness, I just think there's going to be a natural draw, at least in the first two, three years of this process for some kids to see, OK, well, I, I, I can't make money off my name, image and likeness in high school. Well, why would I not try to get to college early? So I think it's accelerating the December early graduate. We're going to start seeing some guys look at, and you know, we're going to have to say Quinn Ewers is the one that started this in the state of Texas. Everybody's a trendsetter on some level, right? Is kids are going to look at that possibility of can I get graduate after three years of high school if I put in my work and so I can get on to the college level? And I can possibly, you know, start earning off name, image, and likeness, even if that's a red shirt year. I mean, I think you're going to see more of that. I don't think it's going to be a huge number of kids, but I do think you're going to see a little bit of a trend of, of, of all of us in the industry hearing about kids thinking about it and seriously entertaining that possibility. And I think these are two guys that very much are. Gotcha. Anything you want to add before we get out of here today? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's I think we've pretty much hit on everything um, that we needed to. Um, I was trying to think, look, we're all always flip, flip watch is big, right? As far as the uncommitted kids. And I think one of the huge things for this Texas class is keeping the commitments in the boat. The worst thing that could happen for Sarkeesian right now is to have a couple of big key guys peel here the first week of December. Alabama obviously is recruiting Jamarion Miller. They brought him in for an official visit. And look, we can talk about, well, Jamarion didn't come to Austin this weekend because he, he couldn't get away. But, you know, look, I mean, Texas wanted that kid on campus this weekend. Let's be clear. He was at Alabama a couple of weeks ago. And so Texas, I think, has got a battle to keep the guys they have committed. I think that's as important as adding guys. Because right now they have a class that's sitting around top ten in the country. Um, but they can't lose momentum right now. They ha they've lost momentum on the field. They can't lose it with the class. They have to keep these guys committed. Got it. All right, Jerry, I appreciate it. But uh, you yeah. can read Jerry's stuff at On3 at Inside Texas, along with myself, uh, Eric Nalin, Paul Wadlington, Joe Cook, uh, Justin Wells, and Ian Boyd. Uh, we even have some basketball coverage now that uh, the Chris Beard and his, his crew have gotten going. So uh, join us for that. Uh, also, please, if you enjoy these videos and uh, want to support us, please hit the subscribe button on your on the lower bottom, lower right bottom portion of your screen, something like that. There's a big red subscribe button. Do that, please. All right. Thanks so much, Jerry. Uh, once again, Bobby Burton, y'all take care and have a good day. Bye-bye.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.